here we are uh we're gonna make it episode 72 that's now that i'm in the game i'm sort of um as anthony lonneberg would describe it a content baby so 37 minute episode i guarantee the people that the episode's going to be out the next day multiple people kill themselves because it's not out boom episode the following day so more people will check that's that's just the game i play you know what i'm saying yeah what was it because we just i demanded that we start a podcast now because i'm in a good mood for like you know one one hundredth of my life and this is one of the one one hundredths what were we talking about right before we got off the phone oh you're about to make a rap song fuck yeah dude we're, me and my buddy here who filmed the episode with coach carl i've been a lazy fuck and haven't uploaded that yet but he did that and he did a good job i thought um you know besides the dog that didn't like black people or me and then his house smelling like piss otherwise everything was all, all good um and we are going to do a song called the cocaine song i think it might we might change it to something else um because he's a rapper slash uh, security guard slash photographer slash producer and me i'm everything really you know what i'm saying now that i'm in the industry i've realized like the advantage I have over everyone is I'm a comedian. I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. I'm You're like um, a pocket knife. Yeah, ex exactly. Markel, you've been doing shout out to Markel for his performance on last episode. I thought it was one of his best. Um, seemed a little more lively than usual. Did you smoke weed before that episode? Um, I think I did, to be honest. Okay, that's fine. Was it a lower amount or a, or a, a higher amount than you usually smoke before the podcast? The usual amount. All right. Well, again, I know I don't pay you, but I am technically still your boss in this, and it's an e guys, guys. It's a paid thing. Okay, so it's not. Don't make a thing about this. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you using marijuana before you get on the show. I'm the boss um i'm the creator the artist so i sort of run uh what i can do but also i don't want you getting high before anymore um if you're going to do drugs do something like cocaine i liked that you talked more last episode um i think in the end of episode 71 i talked about we were going to do something regarding just talking about my experience at the renaissance fair and I think first and foremost, I want to get something out of the way and say that when I walked into that place, I didn't respect those people at all. When I walked out, I, I, I think it's a legitimately cool and good thing. Like those guys, for the most part, they're trying to do what I'm trying to do. They don't give a fuck. And I like that a lot. That takes so much to have been bullied to the point of near suicide for eight years, you know, middle school, probably 10 from fourth grade all the way up to 12th. And then all the way to come out of that and still be you is respectable. So before I talk about that, before anyone else goes and watches that video, I do want to say I respect the fuck out of nerds. Now, Markel, you called them a word that I warned you about multiple times. Um, what was what would you ever go and just try and enjoy a renaissance festival i mean i've met i've been there before wow it's, and so did you sort of 
And did, so did you sort of, and I'm asking to sort of empower you and lift the voice of, um, of, a, of a class that is, you know, quote unquote protected. Did you feel a little bit uncomfortable being around that, you know, 10,000 white people and being the one black guy? No. How many black people were there? Probably like none. I don't know. It's been a while since I've gone. This is this is upsetting, and I think numbers have gone up since then. I want to introduce um, a policy for when I'm president. I want to start introducing it now. It's called More Black Nerds. I think um, society could definitely benefit from more black nerds. That, that's not to say in the classical sense of the best type of nerd, which is someone who can make money off of it, say a scientist. Okay, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think is the one. He's like your guys' is president of black nerds right now. I'm just saying I want more, okay? So this week, my challenge to you, I'm going to send you some hot video game characters, and I want you to just try and jerk off to them and just see where you can get. Is that sort of, does that sort of click with you? Like then maybe you could start leading the Black Nerd Coalition. You could be the Chadwick Boseman of Black Nerds, and that's a massive opportunity for you. So I'd just like to hear your thoughts on it as all. Well. I think I'm good on that. Massive missed opportunity. Um, to our 12 Black listeners, please call the show if you want to lead the Black Nerd Coalition. Um, okay, so let's let's get into it. I started talking about basically the start of the day, <clears throat> right? Which I guess we could go all the way back to the day prior where my friend Lisa, a good friend of mine who I met when I was um, working in the jerk-off, I mean... Um, Happy ending. I'd say massage business. I'm still trying to get that correct. Uh, none of them were Asian except for one. So there was no jerking off. I don't know if she did that. That's, you know, culturally uh, appropriate for her. And damn, I, don't, I, Markel, I want to pause for a second. I don't think I can make Asian jokes for the next week. I was basically canceled from the open mic scene this week. I don't think there should be any Asian jokes. I did forget because I was so nervous. One of the jokes I was going to do when I was doing the, he watched transport, like the, the fucking Chinese accent was, I was going to look for an Asian person in the audience and go, is that pretty much what goes down? And just hope they were Japanese or something. And it was bombing so bad that I didn't end up asking Julianne. Anyway. Um, yeah, we got well, the day before asked Lisa if she could uh, hook me up. With the free ticket she had, she offered. I didn't ask. I know most people listening to this probably think I asked. I did not. And she, I don't know, her parents are British or, you know, from London or some Game of Thrones stupid shit like that. And therefore, they have more access to the run fair. It's sort of like North Korea. Like, they would never let a guy like me in unless I had someone on the inside. Oh, we're getting a call here. Live, live call, folks. Security, how may we help you? I'm having an emergency here. I'm a very difficult customer swearing at my uh, servers and swearing at me and telling me to get the fuck out of their face. Can you send someone to escort them out of the building? And what restaurant is this? This is the Cheesecake Factory. Hi, someone will be there shortly. This is 15. I'm on my way over. Oh, 
So fucking annoying. It starts recording second. At about 4.35 on Thursday, February 23rd, 2023, a manager from Cheesecake Factory placed a call to security. The manager had called in regard to a couple who had allegedly been cursing at servers and managers because they were dissatisfied with the size of their bread and the soup had come after the meal. I talked to both sides and eventually an agreement was reached. If the couple agreed to leave immediately after their meal, the manager would not charge them. Dude, it's like, it's insane that this is a thing. Every restaurant should have a guy. That was my report, by the way. I said before we went on break there because I was called into into action to stop terrorism. Later, later you'll find out that these the couple I had to go talk to was Israeli. That was not an Israeli terrorism joke right there. That was not, I stand with Palestine or Israel or whichever the fuck one you're supposed to. And I respect brown Jews. However, um, two brown Jews were upset that they uh, got their, the bread was the wrong size and shape. Now, obviously, that's a problem, okay? Uh, soup comes after the meal. Obviously, that's a problem. But it got to a point where the manager and this couple were yelling at each other, like swearing at each other. And so, God damn, that is so funny. Usually, I would be so annoyed. Like, I was talking to Markel before we started recording this again. I was praying as that walkie-talkie was ringing that the call would be something interesting like that instead of somebody asking me to open up an electrical room for them. Like that, that was pretty funny. And so normally I'd be so fucking annoyed, but I'm, I'm glad that happened and it ended as peacefully as possible. I, um, I walked in and nobody's yelling. It's just the manager. And let's be honest here. This is no offense to anybody in the restaurant industry who might be a manager, but if you're a guy and you're managing a restaurant, I'm going with a 60% chance right off the bat that there's a chance you're at least bisexual, okay? Because that's why they call it drama club. They're very good at dramatics. They made it sound like, like the guy was like stuttering on the phone. And I get in there, the couple's just upset about their bread and soup not being delivered in the way they want it. So immediately a smart guy like me, um, a hero, some would say, I, I recognize that both sides are being retarded. This happened to me with two of my female friends the other day. I realized that both sides are saying and doing retarded things. Obviously, what you should do in that situation, if the bread in the soup is incorrect, is ask the server, hey, look, I don't want to even have to talk to the manager. Um, do you think, is there any way you can get me a discount? This was, we spent a good amount of money here and you kind of messed up our meal. The server, 95% of the time, unless like, you know, their sister died of cancer this week, are going to be saying, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Let me ask the manager. And 95% of the time, the manager is going to say, all good, happens. They're really busy. So obviously, that's how they should have handled it. Um, I don't know. I, I gave the manager the benefit of the doubt because I've been a server server before, so I'm a little bit biased. But he was he was real worked up, too. He's like, I want them out. I want them out. I was like, let me just try and do this here. So I try and be a cool guy. There's like a very common hack 90s joke that Family Guy did so good with where they, it's a scene where I think like somebody pulls up a chair. It's like a anti-drug guy and he pulls up a chair and he turns it backwards and sits down. And he's like, let me talk to you kids. Cool. And one of the kids in the audience is like, 
he's sitting backwards the way I like to sit backwards on chairs. I think I'm going to listen to him. I tried to pull a move like that. I just didn't turn the chair backwards <laughs> and immediately it went to shit. Okay. I've talked about it on the show before we, at my job at, as a security officer, we have to wear these bright yellow uniforms. We had these sick black jackets that just say security. So it at least looks like I'm a cop. I'm not saying I'm completely on the side of, of the cops. Okay. It looks like I was doing some sort of undercover work. I didn't look like a dork is my point. Um, now we have to wear these bright yellow, as my coworker Isaac has dubbed them, bumblebee uniforms. They're yellow and black. <laughs> and you just, I mean, immediately, it's like Markel and I were doing that episode of My Jobs the other day. We had to stop recording um, in a part that we cut out because there were teenagers riding fucking <laughs> electric scooters all over the mall. And it's an actual problem, okay? Did I do way dumber and more dangerous shit for myself, not only involving others back when I was a teenager? Yes. But it's, you know, I got to do my job too. So I go up and talk to them, and immediately they're like, fuck this guy. Because of the yellow, dude. It's not about the dorky security belt. I've gotten them to let me wear my regular shoes. I don't have to wear cop shoes anymore. It's me walking up in a bright yellow uniform and going, let's wrap it up, fellas. Come on. This is an establishment. Like, Jesus Christ, it sucks. So my the reason I bring that up is what I try to do when I walk in there is just try and be cool. And I tried to pull my yellow uniform off because I have my dope Tommy Hilfiger jacket that I got on discount at Macy's. Wow, I'm still I'm still in Jew Jew talk mode. I <laughs> it was on discount at Macy's. It was on sale, whatever. Um, so I I pull that off and I'm trying to get it, but my fucking utility belt, which immediately you can recognize, doesn't have a gun. It just has a a knife I bought from a smoke shop and a walkie-talkie that's falling apart, <laughs> hanging off of it. And the yellow uniform is getting stuck in the belt, and I'm trying. There's a, there's a limit to <clears throat> when you're not a very strong guy. I'm not, okay, I'm not a very strong guy. I have a hot face and a good personality that does well for me, okay? If I had a bigger penis and bigger muscles, I would, I would be having sex constantly. This is the year of Joey getting jacked, okay? And maybe also jelks. We'll get into that later. But there's a limit when you're not a very strong guy to trying to pull your shirt off or do something that the normal dude wouldn't require very much effort to do. And after I got to fit five seconds, I doubled down and I kept pulling. So this was a six second event of me trying to get this bright yellow uniform off to, to try and not make a scene. That's the reason I did it. And it ended up, I'm, I'm actually, I don't feel bad embarrassed, <clears throat> embarrassed because it ended up working. I sat down with them. Um, and I was immediately, they were like, who are you? And I was, cause that's the voice. All right. I'm just going to do the fucking voice. I feel like I'm trying to be an edgy, like an edge Lord open mic guy this week. That's not what I'm trying to do guys. I'm just, I didn't have Adderall for two days and I finally got my nicotine toothpicks back. These are the three milligram whiskey ones. So I'm, I'm a little bit on edge. All right. And so I'm going to do the voice. And they were like, who are you? And I go, my, my name's Joey. I work here. They're like, you work for Cheesecake Factory? And now it went into a Chinese thing. I'm trying to do, Markel, can you do a good, like, Israeli, like a classic Israeli Jewish guy voice? No, I really can't, man. I'll keep trying. Um, you work for Cheesecake <laughs> 
you work for Cheesecake Factory? And I say, <laughs> I say, oh, no, dude, I just, I work at the mall and I took my uniform off to not make a scene about this. Immediately have them on my side. Immediately. Because they've been motherfucking the manager the whole time. Guy makes a, the wrong decision to call security about somebody that's not being violent, right? Maybe they were yelling. I, I honestly want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. But I, I just immediately got them on my side by doing that and um, able to calm them down. They're talking about the guy at one point says, I could light a $100 bill, bill on fire. <laughs> and it would not affect my bank account. I don't know what I'm trying to do there. I got to work on the accents. Maybe there's a class out here I could lose $300 on. Um, but his point was he felt disrespected. And so there's that scene in It's Always Sunny that I loved so much where Mac is, um, they do the, it's called The Trial of the Century or something like that. And it's basically about Frank crashes his car into Dennis while he's eating a bowl of cereal and the cereal spills all over the, his front seat. And so the argument they're having is, why the fuck would you be driving a car while, while eating cereal? And he's like, you can't fucking see. Why are you driving a car in the first place, right? And that's, that's sort of how this argument went. And at one point in the episode, Mac keeps going back and forth. He's part of the jury. And he takes Dennis aside and he goes, oh, oh, see, what I'm doing is I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top. And I live my fucking life by that advice, dude. It pretty much is that way. You're never going to be the person there that saw what happened. So you shouldn't just think of it as black and white. You should shade in some gray in certain areas. I'm a fucking poet, too, if you didn't know that. Rapper, poet, journalist, reporter, comedian, YouTuber, star, victim. That's from Swiss Army Knife. Swiss Army Knife, baby. That's a callback. Markel is learning so much about the comedy industry lately. I'm really proud of him. Um, but the reason I, I brought that point up about that scene in Always Sunny is I eventually got done talking to them. And I go over to the manager and I was like, dude, for the record, fuck those guys. I don't believe them. Like after I just got done being like, no, I get it. I get it. Sometimes these servers, they can be real nasty. And there's just, there's just no point in that, right? Like you guys are trying to have a nice meal. I get, I get that. The bread should be longer and it should be, it should be a darker shade of brown. The soup, honestly, if someone brought my fucking soup, to this to the table before my meal, I would pull out a knife and stab them in the cock. Like I, I you know, I just fully went on to them. Hold on, we were gonna ask uh, Rebecca if she wanted to be in this, and she sent a video. If it's really bad, it'll embarrass her, and if it's good, it'll be good for the show. So either way, for me. All right, folks. It doesn't look like there's any dialogue to this. What we just got was a four-second video of. Um, I think it said, oh, my God, I'm not going to replay it because it would have been funnier. She should have known that because I said we were recording the episode, she should have sent something funny as as an audio medium. And it was a country song while she was driving and filming a sunset on her ride home from work. So an absolute failure on the on her part there. Let's see what her text message says to see if she can redeem it. I'm driving. Absolutely not redeemed. Thank you for taking up three minutes of the show. Um, anyway, I've, I completely convinced the manager that, and I, again, I need to state, like, 
dude, fuck your soup. I'll shove your bread into my dick hole before, you know, like if you're going to act like that. I don't believe that the manager who makes an actual livable salary to live a good, like a good life in this area. It's a nice area where I work. I don't believe that he's just going to make that up, right? I got to give him the benefit of the doubt there, even if I am biased having been a server before. Um, and Racist. Dude, dude, all right, the server, okay, you know, I think he looked Italian. He had the whitest name possible, which I don't think I want to say on the show. Just like it was something along the lines of like if I could compare it to the other whitest name possible, possible, it'd be like if your name was Brian Danielson was this guy's name. And so it does suck that I had to take the side of the white man in this scenario. My favorite rapper is Eminem. My favorite NFL player in history is Adam Thielen. It's not a good look. I get it. But I'm also that's the reason I'm prefacing it with saying I wasn't there. A um, couple agrees to if they you know can just leave and there's no more problems and they have their meal comped, whatever. It's all good. Uh, manager immediately pulls me aside. He's like, she's like, why did you, that was the lady who was talking on the walkie talkie before we had to cut into the second part. Well, and next time don't take your uniform off. And I was like, I was hoping she just didn't see that. Fuck. That was so embarrassing. Not because I took it off. Like I was able to justify why I did it. And I understand she just has to tell me that, but it was the six seconds it took to get the fucking thing off, you know? Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I'm going to send a uh, picture to Rebecca asking if she, if she wants to put something on the show. She was in the episode titled MILF that got six listens before I had to cut it because it caused a relationship issue because we were talking about sex on a podcast. So that's funny to me. Send a video of something you want to say on the show. Let's see if she can uh, figure it out. Yeah. Um, Another thing that happened that was funny this week. Well, I don't even know if we're going to talk about the Renaissance Fair. I don't even know if it was that interesting. Basically, I've already said my piece there. If, if you don't know about it, watch the video. Joey hates everything. YouTube.com. Very proud of Markel. I, I just feel like there's been a jump in your podcasting abilities this week. And it sounds like I'm being a dick because for whatever reason, I can't get out of that voice, that tone that I'm doing right now, but I'm, it's, it's the Adderall in the, in the Nick picks. but honestly, I think you are doing a good job, and I, that was good. You're right. Go check I out the fucking it. YouTube video. Good. Okay. Um, anyway. So what's up with this whole, uh, that noise the other night? Dude, that's what we were going to talk about right before we went over to this. That was insane. Um, I think I had a paranormal <laughs> experience. Where I'm recording right now is the exact spot where it happened. But I've just, I've always been, Markel, do you think it's a pussy thing to be afraid of the dark as an adult? Not really. Uh, no. To quote, to quote the, the great poet YG, that ain't me talking. That's your mind playing tricks on you. You paranoid because you got knives with two clips on you. Fuck that. Well, fuck that mattress and fuck that laptop. Go and get that jewelry box. In this metaphor for me being scared of the dark, my mind is playing trick tricks on me. 
but the nine and the two clips are are things that weren't even scary that I watched earlier in the day that are now affecting me into the nighttime. It was always that way since I was a kid. And I remember there was this one time where I was four years old and me and my family lived in Atlanta, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And um, I was always scared of the Joker in the Batman animated series. And this is the earliest memory I have. It took years before I actually figured out this is what happened. And it was so much scarier because you can't tell yourself this as a child. This doesn't make sense to a child. My mom would keep my <clears throat> closet light on because of how scared I was of the dark. And I was scared of the Joker for some reason that day. It's like a really dark episode. There is this one episode where um, the Joker kidnaps Robin, who's like, I don't know, 15, maybe, at the end of that show. And he... Uh, gives him this this injection that makes his face not able to stop smiling to the point where like his muscles are contracting and his eyes are popping out of his head. So it's probably one of those episodes. And I'm sitting there freaking out looking at the closet because I've convinced myself that Mark Hamill's Joker is in my closet. And at one point, I was so scared. I know this didn't happen. At one point, I was so scared. I saw the door creak open and the Joker laughed like it was the Mark Hamill Joker, which is the best one. Just ah! like I was like, yo, fuck this. And I started screaming for my dad. My dad thinks Michael Jackson is in my room and he sprints in there. And that's the sweetest thing about them. They were good parents. When I would do some dumb kid shit like that, they definitely did not let me know that it was annoying. I really that would be very, very hard for me as a parent. You got to get to the maturity level where you can do that. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the point of what I was talking about was I had a paranormal experience while Markel and I were recording this episode, actually right after, which sucks, dude. It was 10 minutes after I wish we were to recorded this. It sounded like, so just to give everybody a background of the idea, there's a housekeeping closet that I sort of try and sneak into to go up here and record the show or just hang out because there's pretty much no chance anybody's going to walk past me. You have to walk up the stairs from that security or the housekeeping closet. And immediately the second you get up there, there are no lights. Everything's covered in dust and rotting wood. And it's a house of mirrors. I think it used to be some sort of makeup spa type store. And there are 16 mirrors the second you get up there. So all around you, there are things moving immediately. It's not a good vibe. I go out onto the porch because there's so much dust in there and it's so scary that I can't bear to be in there for longer than five minutes at a time. Um, and it's this porch area where I'd feel a little bit safer. Still, pitch black, nobody knows that I'm up here and I have to go back through the House of Mirror horror show, 1990 <laughs> slut shop to get back downstairs. Um, and while I'm out here, we finished recording me, Markel and I are just FaceTiming, talking about the episode and I hear what sounds like someone taking a large drill and pressing it into a window, like uh, just on full speed, just <laughs> sounded like glass. Right. And I start freaking out and Markel has known me since I was, we were in fifth grade. He knows when I'm not like fucking around when I'm actually scared and shit like that. We've been on FaceTime where somebody in a van will have pull up next to me and flash their lights at me 
2 a.m. trying to get home somewhere in the hood of Phoenix. Like he knows my the change in my voice, which is very rare because I have to tell half the people in my life when I'm joking. Um, and immediately I respect this, Markel, just assumed that it was nothing um, and tried to calm me down. And he goes, that sounded like something flapping its wings to me, man. That sounded not what it sounded like. Now, keep in mind, if I was um, not as paranoid from being high, that's the other thing. I get massive, massive amounts of paranoia when I don't smoke that much, and then I just do out of nowhere. Smoked three joints before and during that episode, and so I was on 10 in the pitch black in an abandoned building, and I hear a drill against the window. Markel tries to convince me it's a large Australian bat. Um, At that time... I get a call, right, which is already very eerie. That's like if you hear a tap on the window, a hot girl hears a tap on the window in the beginning of a horror movie, and then somebody calls. And she's like, hey, Chelsea, are you still coming over? And Chelsea's choking on her own fucking blood. That's the equivalent of what happened for me here. Um, I get a call that's about something regarding an electrical room. The call is breaking up because of the shitty walkie-talkie I have. And all I hear is, and earlier in the day, I had told my supervisor, hey, my walkie-talkie's fucked up. If for some reason I don't answer, just call my cell phone. Pro tip for anybody that has to use a walkie-talkie, you can turn that shit off and leave work as long as you tell them that and just lie that morning. That's not what I did, though. Walkie-talkie's actually not working. Um, As that cut-in call comes in, I'm going... I'm trying to like remain in work mode and I go, uh, Hey, this is 15. Did you guys try and call? I'm, I'm not getting a, a good signal on my radio here. Silence. Five seconds. Uh, the rule is you wait five seconds the first time, 10 the second time, just in case that person's busy. I'm freaking the fuck out. Okay. I'm like literally talking like a little girl to Markel going, Hey man, could you just like, could you just like talk a little bit? Could you talk? For just a little bit and if you listen to this podcast you know markel cannot do that okay like he he's going uh again probably just a bat and i'm like no it's fucking not talk about the sweet life of zach and cody or something besides this please and um i'm trying to call my supervisor first call five seconds go by no answer second call 10 seconds I let another 10 seconds go by on the third one. No one's answering. So now I've just heard what sounds like someone, a clown is trying to murder me with a power drill because this is where that would happen in a house of mirrors that has not been stepped inside or worked on since the 1980s. And um, I'm trying to call the guy. I can't, can't get a hold of him. Eventually work up the courage to go down the stairs. Everything's fine. Ended up forgetting my fucking keys and charger. Had to go back upstairs. Didn't get murdered. There was no molesting clown. It wasn't um, the guy from the second open mic that was touching my knees, taking revenge out of sexual frustration. I don't know what it was. Um, But I got back down there, and uh, eventually the next day, we're talking about it with my manager. During this story, other manager goes, well, what were you doing up there in the first place? And it wasn't, it wasn't the old guy. It was the old chick that called before. And I'm like, don't, don't ask that question, please. I'm trying to do a bit right now. I'm trying to give you guys a piece of my art while I'm on the clock. 
Okay, I'm working double time and being paid my regular wage. Don't interrupt. Thank you. And I'm telling him where I was at. He goes, oh, I was messing with you. And like, I was like, what? You were the one making the noise? And he goes, no, no, no. But I, when you were calling, I just, I thought it'd be funny to not answer for a second. I was like, this guy has made a total of two and a half jokes to me over the course of five months of knowing him. I know this, I know known this guy since before I started working this job, two and a half jokes the entire time. In fact, half the time he and I are just talking and I try and riff, he doesn't understand what I'm doing because he's not a joke. He's not a prankster. He's not a, uh, um, he's not in the industry. And I was just like, dude, what are the fucking odds of that? Like I could have had a mental breakdown from how high I was. You can hear it in my voice in the last episode. I'm not usually uh, <laughs> talking like this. That wasn't just a thing I was trying to do. I was legitimately baked off my ass. And <laughs> for anybody that it's been a while since you smoked or you don't smoke, when your tolerance gets a little bit lower and then you rip that much weed, like that's veteran status, okay? You need to ease back into it. I, I was tweaked out, man. Like, um, thinking there was somebody maybe actually inside there because my key doesn't work for the door to the housekeeping. So I, I had trouble explaining this to Markel. I don't know if it's going to make sense to the listeners. The housekeeping closet has a flight of stairs inside of it that lead to this second part. And so wasn't able to lock the door. I'm like wondering if somebody snuck in and was planning on chopping me up into pieces. Uh, Markel would be, I, I don't know if he would be such a good therapist. The person, the, it'd be like a 25-year-old chick and she'd be like, I just, I don't know what to do because I love him and I don't know how to tell my family because like they'll do something if they know that he's beating the shit out of me and I just don't know what to do. And Markel would be like, are you 100% sure that you were not struck by a large Australian bat? Um, so what else has been happening at the job? Nothing. Nothing lately. Nothing interesting. Um, oh, oh, you're referring to, and again, again, credit to Mark Kelly's learning. He's setting me up for the story about the cartel member who I saved his <laughs> life, so I think he spared mine. Um, so we've all been at a point in our lives, I think everybody listening to this, unless you've been sober your whole life, I think we have all been at a point where you have been too fucked up and you've said too much, whether you were on some Zans or maybe you even just really high and you said something embarrassing or you're drunk and you or tell, you air out drunk. some, yeah, you air out some dirty laundry, that type of shit. I do that regularly on the Molly. show. Molly will do yeah. that. Molly will have you more communicating with your your fingertips on a, another man's kneecaps. But um, that's going to be my thing. That's how I'm going to get back into the Do Better comedy show. I'm going to say not only was I kicked off of stage, um, I was then molested by a member in the crowd. And I think that th that person was told to do that. And so you can um, check out my Netflix special. You might have special. something on them. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably get a special out of that. Anyway, what Markel's trying to get me to bring up is I met a cartel member the day before the Super Bowl. Now, that's the probably the last interesting day that happened over in this city. You know, you have your usual stuff. 
I threatened to kill a 16 year old girl earlier today because she almost hit me with her car. That's just always going to happen. It's the, <laughs> it's like the Southwestern version of New York city, really just not as fun and somehow equally as expensive. Um, crazy shit happens when you're just walking around, but at this job, it was especially insane on Saturday before the Super Bowl because that's when people who are out here for the Super Bowl, AKA people who are rich as fuck are trying to spend money and have a good time to kill some time before the actual game. So imagine a outdoor mall full of 60 year olds that are banging hot 28 year olds. Pretty much some of them were even younger than that. And I very much respect that. Okay. Um, if I'm ever rich someday, I'm going to do the Leonardo DiCaprio thing and just always have a girlfriend that signs a contract about not talking about my weird sex stuff. And then also knows that she's out of the house, out of contact with me by age 27. Um, Anyway, it was really popping here. There was a lot of people, so we got a lot more calls than usual. And the most interesting one of the day was definitely also came from, I, I think, the same guy at Cheesecake Factory. Uh, <laughs> I hope I didn't make him sound like a dick earlier. He's a nice guy. Um, he called me over there, and he was saying that the person in there was fucked up. Like, they weren't being a dick. He was just scared they were going to get hurt because they were nodding off. Get in there immediately, ocular pat down see that he is on pills. I don't know if it's Xanax or opioids, whatever the fuck. There's a new thing called Trank that I heard about on the Tim Dillon show. Um, it's a mixture of fentanyl and horse tranquilizer. Beautiful. Um, Fetty K. <laughs> we'll come up with a name for it later. But he was basically acting like he was on Trank. This man is sitting above a tile floor, almost falling over. And I come up to him. I'm like, yo, bro, bro, I got to get you out of here. Uh, these guys are pissed. I don't want them to, you know, have somebody remove you. I just, uh, let's just handle this in the best way possible. And immediately the same thing happens where he's like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, I don't work for Cheesecake Factory. I just work at the mall. And I'm like, can you tell me what would you take, man? And that wins them over immediately. I'm telling you, if you're at something that's related to customer service at all, just tell them you don't care about your job. Tell them, you know, just explain to them that you are a broken person and that's why you work as a security officer as a 25-year-old and that's why you're here. You don't give a fuck if somebody's on perks. I don't care. I truly don't. And so I conveyed that to him and I got him to talk to me and I'm just trying to get him to order his Uber. I've offered many solutions at this point. I go, look, dude, I'm not going to ask to look at your card. You can give me cash. I, I work here. I'll give you my name, my card. If, if you want that, that make you more comfortable. You could just pay me cash. I'll order you an Uber on my fucking account, right? Because he clearly can't do it based on the 10 minutes of me watching him trying to find the Uber app on his phone. <laughs> and eventually it gets to the point where I'm just like, I don't, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do here. Um, I'm going to try and just like let this guy wait it out because I got to get back to work. My phone's dead. I was in the middle of of trying to have a FaceTime conversation. <laughs> I was just basically <laughs> done with it at this point because I had le le legitimately tried to help this person. And like any other guard that worked here, they've never had an experience where they were addicted to pills. So they'd be like, buddy, you need to get the fuck out of here or you know what? You're getting charged. And 
eventually it just gets to the point where I'm like, all right, I just, whatever. I'll make sure I chill with this guy to know that he's not collapsing on the concrete face first. And we get into this conversation about what he does for work. Now, this man is a cartel member and I don't feel uncomfortable doing this because he's definitely not going to remember what I looked like. And I didn't die that night. So I don't think that this is a thing that he ever discussed with his fellow employees but he starts telling me about um, what he does for a living and it's just basically trafficking drugs for the cartel clear indication <laughs> that this man is so fucked up he's going to get hit by a bus at some point tonight um he starts telling me about all that shit i'm like that's wild that's wild and i'm doing my dumbass thing where i'm asking him <laughs> questions about it when i definitely shouldn't and <laughs> He's explaining the whole process. He's like, yeah, man, uh, I get the Mexicans. And he's black, so he can just he can just say it like that. Uh, he's like, I get the Mexicans. Uh, they, they go and they tell me where to pick it up from. It's all these different random sites that change all the time. And I take the tires. I look for a number on the tires with a certain color. If it's got an X, he's extra careful. If it don't, then just go. And I'm like, as soon as he told me that, I was like, okay... <laughs> I don't want to be in this conversation anymore, but I'm from, I'm from Lakeville, Minnesota. Okay. So most of the time it's a cub foods worker telling you about their fishing trip from the weekend and you, <laughs> they, they know your grandparents and your grandparents really come enjoy coming into this cub foods and they have hour long conversations. So you don't want to damage that by being a dick to them and going, look, Hey, that's great about your fish. I'm out of here. Like you don't want to, you don't want to go full Boston on them. So I have just in conversations trained myself to keep it going until there's a natural, uh, natural way to leave, which is very, that's very pussy of me to do. And I have to work on that. It gets to a point where in the conversation, this man feels so comfortable. He shows me a video of a, of a, um, I guess an AC-130 that, that he Biden, recorded. Let's be clear. He dude, recorded he was it. in the video. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't have gone, bro, bro, I got, I got to go. I, I can't be seeing all this, bro. You shouldn't be telling people this stuff. At one point, dude, he goes, he goes, you see this ring on my finger? And I'm like, yeah, it's a ring with a key attached to it. He's like, that's the shit for the fucking one I'm going to today. And I was like, dude, how do you know this isn't a scene in Breaking Bad? And I'm just some white guy dressed up in a security. I'm in a yellow uniform and white air nikes bro i might i could be fucking anybody all right why are you saying this to me how do you know that i'm not gathering this intel to later um you know have my character arc be i point a gun at you as you get to your child's home like how are you not thinking of that as a cartel member he told me about a time that they uh got pulled over by the mexican police and they didn't know who and his boys were so the next day they kneeled them all down in front of this small town and beat the shit out of them all right this guy mentions that his the ring around his finger is for access to some shed where all the fentanyl in arizona is or something i was like motherfucker they will cut that off of you with a pair of scissors like don't tell people this and um eventually I let him tell me all of that because I'm a fucking moron pussy that shouldn't have let that go that far. And he eventually got to a point where he's showing me a video that starts off selfie style with him and his boys having cervezas in the desert going, Hey, yo, and the camera pans over to an AC 130 that apparently Biden left there as well. I thought we only left them in Afghanistan. 
It's not sketchy. We were leaving them in Mexico too, apparently. Because they don't have enough to just leave them around. I'm doing, um, the comedian that I met up with uh, earlier in the week that drove me to Tempe was saying that he thought I did well with like a conservative vibe. I was like, interesting. I'm not a conservative guy. Maybe I'm trying that a little bit on the podcast lately. The racism and the Biden thing. I think it's, I, is it working? <laughs> I think so. This is sort of like Fox News where we'll have one colored person of color in the entire history of the show maybe two and that's good enough for us to go uh, so, so what is the deal with asians and jerking people off um this guy shows me a video of an ac-130 that was stolen by the cartel blowing up a police vehicle <laughs> and i'm going i've had enough now i don't know i'm probably my apartment is probably going to explode tonight and he just pressed uh, the shit out of you with the yo, video. Yeah, like, you know, and it was so awkward trying to, I don't even know what to say about that. I go, I'm trying to like convey to the guy that I don't give a fuck. Um, you know, I, I offered him some weed from my dad pen to just, cause I, I think there's still a rule like cops can't do that. <laughs> so you can something. nod off more. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's not a real rule. This guy named, um, we're not going to say his name so that he doesn't end up murdered. But he used to sell me Xanax, and um, he was working for the cops as a snitch at the time. They allowed him to still sell shit and take hits of meth in front of people because of the level he was trying to bust. Okay, So if you are selling drugs, which is most of you, don't just trust somebody by thinking this is a 1980s Samuel Jackson movie and going, hit this shit. Um, because they can. And I told him, I was, I was trying to convey to him that I was like not a cop. I was like, bro, you can't have that on your fucking phone. I would, I would Tom Brady that shit. And he goes, man, this shit's on iMessage. They can't see that shit, right? And I was like, yo. <laughs> yo, I'm out. I left. I left seconds after that. Um, so if I wind up dead, uh, the 40 people that listen to this should clip this episode and go take it to the police. No, take it to Markel, actually. Take it to Markel. I think that would be a really cool story for you. Like, um, like your, your boss is shot and killed, and I was going to be the way that you made millions of dollars, but also your best friend. So it's like on a, on a personal level for you, but also like these people stole from you. And so you take a flight down to Arizona and there's some dramatic 90s song with a goth woman singing it. And it's got like, as you're landing in Phoenix, I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll so work on it. Next? That was it. I walked away after that. I walked away after what, that. What happened after you walked away? Oh, he immediately walked into another establishment. Yeah, I <laughs> pretended not you, to notice so much that I blocked that out of my memory. Didn't you get another call about him? Yeah, yeah. And I go, I can't be the same guy, right? Like, I honestly, I didn't even go to that one. I was like, this would be not good if I showed up here moments <laughs> later. Um, we're about to run out of time on the recording here. I think we're, we'll wrap it up for this episode. Markel, I'll FaceTime you here. Thank you guys for listening. Check out the YouTube. Stay tuned for more shit.
Peace. Bye. Wait, I gotta. Okay, it's still. Uh. Uh.